On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Thursday, October 28th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, uh, and we should have Andrew uh, McGinnis and Jimmy Murphy with us momentarily as well. We are ready to break down the Thursday uh, NHL card. We've got nine games uh, on tap uh, today, so a lot of games on tap, a lot of interesting uh, games as well, some fascinating ones, so we will get to that. Uh, We'll get to that in just a second. It would be uh, pretty... uh, uh, now, I've used the word tone deaf to describe a lot of things that have happened the last 24 hours. So obviously, it would be a little bit tone deaf for me, not to mention, uh, obviously, what happened yesterday with Kyle Beach's interview. Um, it was a um, it was hard to watch that. I mean, that was um, gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching. Your heart goes out to him, basically pours out all of his emotions and all his experiences and what he went through during just an absolutely horrendous, horrific uh, incident. Uh, if you haven't watched the, uh, it was about a 25-minute uh, interview uh, that Kyle Beach did, who was, of course, John Doe, the victim of that sexual assault incident from Brad Aldrich, the video coach of the Blackhawks some 11 years ago. If you have not watched that interview that Kyle Beach did, uh, stepping forward uh, with Rick Westhead, who did terrific, by the way. His tone in that whole interview was outstanding. His work in his investigative report uh, work uh, during this whole thing was outstanding, so... Make sure you check it out. It's been played a lot throughout, you know, TSN, Sportsnet. I know TNT on their broadcast last night played a bunch of it. I'm sure ESPN's run it a bunch. But just, uh, it's just, your heart goes out to him. Um, And, uh, you know, he's just saying he's just now going to start to heal now that this has become public, now that the Blackhawks have at least acknowledged this. So, uh, you're right, it takes guts to step up and say that publicly. Um, we were thinking maybe he didn't have a choice because I think some people were nosing around and putting the pieces together and that they were kind of figuring it out that he was the uh, quote-unquote John Doe uh, that was involved, talking about Kyle Beach. But nevertheless, still for him to do that interview, uh, it was obviously you could tell with the emotion, extremely difficult for him to do that. Hopefully it's part of the healing process for him uh, moving forward. Uh, it's one of the hardest things I've seen, to be honest with you, certainly uh, in hockey. Uh, seeing that uh, interview, that poignant piece there. Uh, and now all of a sudden we're entering Thursday here with a lot of things up in the air, you know, with this whole situation. This is a complete all-around failure. Now we've been crapping on the Blackhawks and what their executive crew team 2010 did to ignore this and not report it, not do uh, what they should regarding it, not do enough about it. But we've now got to look at other people too, the league. Hold them accountable. Donald Fear and the NHLPA, hold them accountable uh, a little bit. Of course, Joel Quenville is meeting with Gary Bettman right now 
as we speak. I believe it was a 2 p.m. Eastern meeting this afternoon. And to me, it's part of Gary Bettman, I think, trying to save face a little bit that he's probably going to bring the hammer down on Quenville, not because he wants to. It's because I'm trying to save himself, maybe make himself maybe look a little bit good in this whole situation. So um, to me, it's just a, it's a horrible ordeal all around. Obviously, the Blackhawks right after the game last night, which they lost in overtime to the Toronto Maple Leafs, were asked about it. Um, it. I understand Kane and Taves wanting to address it. I thought they could have addressed it better than they did. And certainly, I think Jonathan Taves could have addressed it better than he did. I was stunned with some of the remarks I heard from him. And the one that stands out to me, it's you know, first, first of all, the training camp thing that he only learned about it the next year. Well, don't you say, don't you say something then about it, or don't you do something about it then? I know it's months and months after what transpired, but isn't that the time to step up and do something about it to help this young man, Kyle Beach, at that time? And then the other thing that really, really, it puzzled me, it angered me last night with him talking about what great people Stan Bowman and Al McIsaac were, and I'm like, man. Do you not understand the situation here? Do you not understand what's going on? Because I'm telling you right now, I'm sure Kyle would, was eventually going to hear that interview that Jonathan Taves gave to the media last night. Do you think he or the other kid that was victimized or the families of those victims want to hear at that moment in time what great people Stan Bowman and Al McIsaac are? Seriously? You're, that's the time you're going to pick to say something like that? I don't give two shits if they treated you like kings or they treated you like royalty for the last 11 years as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. Don't care. You know, they could have, maybe you had a great personal relationship with both Stan and Al. Maybe the working relationship was terrific. You know, maybe they just, it, 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 you got along well with them. They treated you well. They treated your family well and all that stuff. That's just not the time you say something like that, that they're good people. Stan Bowman. And Al McIsaac, that's tone depth, and that's horseshit timing, I can tell you that. Horseshit, to say something like that. You could think that way, and I'm not one to say, Jonathan Taves, this is how you should feel. You know, this is the way you should, you know, this is what you should feel about those two individuals, because maybe they did treat you well. Maybe it was a great relationship. Maybe they had you over for dinners and barbecues, and, you know, you were close with their families, whatever. But keep it to yourself. If you feel that way, that they're good people, Keep it to yourself. You don't say it at that moment after what's gone down involving Stan and involving Al. It's just horrible that he picked that time last night to say, oh, they're, but they're good people. They were not good in that moment uh, 11 years ago. I can tell you that right now. Horrible timing to say that. Terrible. I mean, just tone deaf to say it in that moment last night. So very disappointed about that uh, from Jonathan Taves. Um, Alex, uh, this will be it. We're not going to talk about this for a while. This is going to be our last yeah. time talking about it for a while we're going to get back to you know the focus of the show is obviously nhl from a betting perspective but alex will give you the floor here for some thoughts on uh, the, the beach interview and uh, the blackhawks response to it after the game last night yeah like you said it was it was very tough to watch uh that interview with kyle beach and i i, I hope that you know part of him doing that interview was because he felt open enough to you know uh say that you know this is what happened to me you know, I'm, I'm John Doe and, and step up in, in, in that situation. It took tremendous courage for him to do that. But I hope he wasn't forced by the fact that, you know, honestly, it was not the Blackhawks, but the, the, the report itself that gave away his identity. 
they mentioned his age and then they mentioned a quote from Aldridge directly saying, well, you're a guy who's just a fighter. So you put those two things together. Anybody who can figure it out who knows that roster, knows that lineup, knew it was him. Uh, I, I was stunned when I read that and, and saw that particular excerpt that pretty much outed him. I'm like, oh, you know, you got to be kidding me. How, how did, you know, the whole job of the legal procedure was to protect his identity and they did a terrible job in doing that. So, I, I, you know, I don't know how he feels about the fact that that came out or whatever, but the fact of the matter is he did step up and, and, and do this interview and, and kudos to him for, for like I said, stepping up and, and doing that it had to be tremendously tough. And obviously you saw the emotion that he went through in, in that interview and, and, and how, you know, pained he still is, you know, through this. As far as Taves and Kane with their comments, like I said, Taves' comments was, were, were insanely tone deaf. And it, I, it, I had a question posed before hearing that. And then it even sparked more of the question even more is that with obviously, like I said, Taves mentioning the, the you know, uh, how, you know, his remarks toward Bowman and, and McIsaac, he said just, just way out, out, of, out of tone and out of line at that moment. But him saying that he didn't know anything until the next training camp, it kind of leads me to looking at, you know, and, and Jimmy, I'm glad you're here now because you could probably answer this question better than any of us. You've been around teams during playoff runs for, for years. What is the the locker room divide, or, or if there isn't a divide, amongst your regular rotation of players, your your you know active roster and scratches, and black aces who are called up in the middle of the run? Are those guys close? Are they, especially with a guy like Beach, who who at that time was a junior player, yeah. only spent maybe a few weeks in Rockford, and then joined the Hawks. Is there are those are this is everybody still in one group, or are they they kind of split off to the to them as part as far as socially as between games and so forth? They're they're uh, they travel as one group, uh, but they're okay. will practice you know on game day skates or off days in separate mm-hmm. groups, and they, and they won't be in the dressing room at the same time, but. That being said, I mean, it, it guys, I, I don't know, like, I, I haven't covered other pro sports well enough to say it, but all I can say is that a hockey team, a, ho- a hockey organization, especially the hierarchy on the team or on the coaching and on the management levels, they're all in a know of anything that's going on. I mean, if I, you know, if I'm a black ace and I go out one night, the night before a playoff game, and I get banged up and, you know, I don't, I don't, I miss curfew or something, everybody's going to know it around the team. So, like, for something like this, for people to try and say that, oh, well, it, it wasn't part of what I was, you know, where I was, and there was it, it wasn't connected to me at the time, bullshit. They knew. They all knew. And, 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 and you can tell in their words, too, the way they're saying it, too. I mean, they just I, – I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say anymore, but I'm I just saying, like, I, I think – I said it on Twitter. I'm going to say it again. I mean, I, I think right now you're going to see – you know, you're seeing people resign to management already. I think the right thing for Jonathan Taves to do right now, he, he's admitting that he maybe he didn't know right when it happened, but he knew eventually, and he still did nothing about it for years. He needs to relinquish the seat. That, that's, I, I think he needs to hand over the captaincy and, to really move on from this. And, and then in the offseason, I think the Blackhawks need to look into moving him and Patrick Kane and, and moving on from that era of their franchise. I, I, I just – they need to really change. And that's the only way is when you, you separate yourself from that culture that was established, you have to do that right now. You need to move on. And the fact that Joel Quinville too 
Shame on the Florida Panthers. Shame on the NHL that Joe Quinville was coaching last night. I, I thought that was disgusting. That was absurd. I you agree. Know, That's totally absurd. He was behind that. Fence. He, he's going to yeah. come out of it unscathed today. You watch. He's going to pay a fine. No big deal. And it's going to be up to the Florida Panthers to make the right call and fire him. It's it's, it's absolutely awful. And Jimmy, you just like I said a minute ago before you came in. Jonathan Taves with Stan Bowman and McIsaac, like I said, maybe it was the best relationship. It was great. It was a great personal relationship. They treated me like kings. They treated me like royalty. They treated me great. We had a great relationship. We were close with my family, was close with Al's family and with Stan's family. I can't change the way he feels about those two guys and the way the relationship has been. But you can't say it publicly last night in that spot that they're good people. You can't. That's just a yeah, terrible man. time to say that. Kyle Beach and the victims and their families don't want to hear that. With, I have people yeah. I, uh, uh, that I was friends with that, that ended up not being so great people. And they did some really bad things. And right. I disassociated myself with them. And I don't care how great my relationship was up until that point. I can't pretend what they did. And I'm telling you, it was, it was something they're in, still in jail for. I can't, I can't pretend that didn't happen. I can't just whitewash it because – Oh, well, everything was great until that point. I can't just sit. And that's basically what can, is continuing to happen with that culture is that they're trying to say, okay, yeah, we messed up, but we're still great people and everybody makes mistakes. Well, you made a mistake for like seven years or, or longer. Like this isn't just some mistake you made once. Yeah. You repeatedly, continually sat on it and made it. And you and you lived in a, in a state of denial that this didn't exist. And it's, is, and this is just the tip of the iceberg, guys. We're, we're going to learn a lot more. I'm telling you, there's more coming. There's I, I got to jump in here. Because first of all, across the league, you watch. This isn't just about the Blackhawks. So I'm not just singling them out. This is about the league. And furthermore, I think the biggest ones who should be fried here and really persecuted is the NHLPA and specifically Donald Fear. Yes. Because that's what they're there for. They're they're supposed to be there for college. They're a support games. system for every single player, even yes. one that hadn't played an and NHL regular season game yet. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, out of, out of all the passionate rants that you were having on Twitter yesterday, that's the yeah. one well, that Donald I agree with the most. a fucking fraud. I'm sorry. Yeah. I said it right there. He's a goddamn fraud. And that's how he got in there. He, he lied his way into that position. And Andrew Ferentz, a former Bruin I covered, and he doesn't like me because I'm telling the truth about this. He was behind it, and they lied about Paul Kelly, and they they orchestrated a coup, and they got him in there, and this is what they get for putting that fraud in that position. There you go. Sorry, um, what's that, Andrew? Go ahead, Andrew. Well, I was going to say, uh, you know, a lot of passionate stuff going around from a lot of people yesterday uh, online, and rightfully so. Uh, before I start, I just want to say it was just incredibly hard to watch, guys. Like, I felt sick to my stomach. I like, tried. I'm very uh, – yeah, like it, it was very hard. And even afterwards, I think I felt worse for the next like 30 to 40 minutes afterwards. My girlfriend got home from work. She worked for 10 hours in healthcare, And she's like, what's going on? Like, are, are you mad about something? Are you not feeling well? Like there was just like, I'm a relatively happy guy. You guys know me, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I just like, there's just something off with me. And I'm the kind of guy and, and you guys will know I'm back. We're working with you guys every day. If there's something off with me, you know it. If I'm not cracking jokes or, or getting off to a side small conversation, you know. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, if if something like that, I can watch it for 5, 10, 15 minutes, however long that was, and it can affect you that much, then you know it was just something that's so tough. Uh, but I agree with what Jimmy was saying as far as the PA and the management goes. And that's kind of where I feel the most strongly about. And again, we're here. This is an NHL betting show. Um, we don't we don't want to make this, uh, you know, too much, but it's something worth talking about. And look, I, I just think personally that 
I don't quite understand. And I know that for some reason people are going to disagree with me on this, but I, I think that collectively everybody should, you know, I, I, I think Taze should be getting what he's getting right now, but it's, there weren't just four people on the team. Get the, like, screw the leadership shit. I don't yeah. give a fuck. I don't, I'm sorry, but I don't care about that. Why are we only like, why is everybody just hating on the leadership core? If because everybody it, else, if, if I robbed a bank and Ian was the captain of our team and you two know about it and you guys kept it in, people sure as shit shouldn't be only going after our captain. You know, it's right. your guys' fault for knowing I robbed the bank too. Well, it's a collective fail. You know? Yeah. So, collective. Yeah. so that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm not well, aren't trying people to put in that position no. for a reason. Aren't yeah. they but, yeah, in those positions? True. But to, to kind of piggyback on Andrew's point, and that was kind of what the question I was leading to is that when you look at and look at, like I said, we're talking specifically about the the depth and the core of that group. Keep in mind that that team was loaded for three or four years to the point of where a lot of guys yeah, that were turnover. good enough. Right. They, right. They were, well, the, well, they ended up being turnover that first year because of the issues where everybody had yeah. to get moved out right away because of, of the contract thing from the year before. Yeah. But my point is that there were a lot of those guys like Beach and others who were in Rockford for two, three, four years that would have been on NHL teams. So when when he mentions about how players were hazing him and, and, and taunting him about things, there's a lot of guys that were in that Rockford group. And that's why oh, I yeah. asked about, you know, were they not exactly around yeah. with the Hawks? They were just mostly in Rockford. I think about a guy like Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford spent two and a half years in Rockford until he got finally called up. He was yeah. a black ace for, for – Yeah, I was wondering, why isn't anybody there's brought certain, him up? There's a lot of yeah. saying, there's a lot of players yeah. that I that were closer or would, would I would appear to be closer to Beach than say Taves and Kane guys who they never spent a day in the, in the minors so yeah. that's why I asked about the split of and then that was a real clicky group too my yeah. 29 2010 team a lot of those guys hung out in the same bars they all lived in the yeah. same neighborhood so that's why I asked about is there a split between the the big core group that was on the NHL roster for those years and the guys who were going back and forth between Rock and Chicago yeah that's one one thing I think is wrong about about journalism these days and print and media is that it's not first to get out. It's not. It's not first to get the right information out. It's first to get the story out. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so the problem is, and and this happens with, like I've got a bunch of a couple of different group chats with friends. We talk about sports and stuff, and everybody instantly just wants to have an opinion. Everybody wants to have their opinion. They want to think stuff and say things. And what I think is the biggest problem. I'm the kind of person that I'm not saying I give people the benefit of the doubt. I just like to know information. And the fact of the matter is. I think everybody did know, guys, what was going on. Yeah, I think we all think that. I think we have but, enough information now too, because Rick Westhead did an amazing yeah, job with the story. Yeah. I mean, but Jimmy, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and confidently think that some people knew more than others. I don't yeah. think everybody knew yeah. the exact same amount. Yeah. And, no, and look, guys, covered... this is a collective failure throughout. But the the, yeah. the biggest thing that we have to worry about, right? I I think, and we're not just like you guys say, we shouldn't just focus on on the Blackhawks and on those guys in particular. This is a league thing. This is an NHLPA thing. So yeah. if it happened there and it got buried at the league level and at the PA, there could level, have been a couple other incidents and a couple other how many people teams, that were. How many teams? Yeah. Other teams have had these issues. Yeah. Jimmy, I, know, I, I know perpetrators. A guy. Yeah, a couple I know other several perpetrators people walking played, around out there yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I know yeah. several people that went to the Q played for the QMJHL. I covered the QMJHL and here in Atlantic Canada and obviously the Quebec Major League. They had they had to show up to a party. They were given an outfit to wear. And they had to put their phone in a bucket. They said nobody would take an embarrassing picture of them. And they got to wear this embarrassing outfit around this whole party. Nobody can say anything. They, I've heard stories that you wouldn't even believe. Like, I, I don't even want to mention on here. I'm sure you guys have all heard different stories. I've heard a hazing story where 
each rookie with a girlfriend had to cheat on their girlfriend. You know, it's crazy. And, and the thing is, these guys are 16, 17 years old, mm-hmm. right? When they go off and, and speaking from someone from Halifax, if you're from Halifax or, or Moncton or Cape Breton, I don't know, a lot of people might not know where those places are, but uh, you have it, the QMJHL is built up of all Quebec teams. And then there's a maritime division where I'm from. So five teams in the maritime division. If you go off to a Quebec team, you don't speak a lick of French. First of all, that's clicky right there. All the French guys, there's maybe three or four guys that know English. Yeah. There is hazing to the extreme. And I'm not saying it's only in Quebec. It's in the maritime division as well. But yeah, I think it's a great point that, that you guys mentioned, and Jimmy, how you're harping on that, because I think that should be the next step. It's like, because of what's what's happening with the Blackhawks right now, obviously that's in the spotlight. But in general, sometimes when stuff like this happens, it should open up a whole conversation for the rest of, of everything. You know, and I, I'm, not, I'm not taking anything away from this this spotlight and what happened with him. I'm just saying that it's happening all over hockey. What right about now. what about this too, guys? Is that, you know, you look at it. What did Gary Bettman know? We know now that Donald Fear knew, but what did Gary Bettman know? And if he knew and he sat on it and he helped bury it, which I, I'm, I'm guessing he did. And, and let's not forget how powerful the Wirtz family is. All right. I mean, yep. they have these, the board of governors and is this. Beach said in his interview, just Jimmy, one second. Beach what? said in his interview that apparently the NHL turned down the initial request yes. for an investigation. Yeah. yeah safe so there you go. Well. Yeah. So then he yeah. should mm-hmm. go too. Yeah. Huh? They, like they need to. I'm telling you guys, this thing is way bigger than the Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there needs to be an upheaval uh, at all these levels right now because, like they say, shit trickles down, and it trickled down big time here, and it probably goes down to the minors. And like you said, it's in the juniors too. But let's just focus on the NHL right now. This is a this is going to be a league wide thing, and and it's it's just horrible. It's it's brutal. Yeah. And, and then yeah. you know, I look at it like this: like, what is Joe Quinville doing? Like going, not going back to him. I harp on him though, but he he was proven. It's like right there. He lied. It's proven that he lied. So why is he doubling down on that? Like, dude, look at how good. I mean, they don't look good, isn't the word, but look at how much better they look now than they could have if they kept the lie going. When I'm talking about John Tricetti and Paul Vincent, and you saw how he uh, Kyle thanked them. That's because they came forward and they said, "Yeah, you know what? We fucked up." And, and we could have stopped this, and we're sorry, and, and, but this is what happened. This is what these people have to learn. I never understand people that when they're, they, they're caught lying, why they continue to lie. Just mm-hmm. if you're caught lying, admit you're wrong, yeah, move yeah. on, learn your lesson. You, you look like a, a much better person. You look like a man when you do that. But when you keep lying, you look like a little child and a tiled brat. Yeah, it is. That, I find the lies bury you even more. Uh, they don't save you in the end. Uh, and, uh, that's sometimes what can get you uh, into trouble, but, uh, yeah, we just wish Kyle and uh, all the best in the future and, you know, incredibly, uh, uh, you know, courageous of him, uh, whether it, whether again, he probably was at the point where people were starting to put it all together, that he was the one that was involved, but nevertheless, for him to still go on television, do a 25 minute interview, pour his heart out there like that. Um, Alex too. I mean, I I want your take on this. I thought what DeBrinket said, I thought he was great. And you know what? If they do remove the C, I would put it right on him after what he said there. He said, you know what? He's not trying to like say he's not part. He's not trying to distance himself, but he's also not. It was a different era. It was a different chapter. He's part of the new wave of players there. And for him to say so far, I haven't seen any other quotes, but so far is the only one I've seen who said this needed to happen. These people need to be called to the carpet. 
And when he's saying these people, he's talking about his teammates and his captain. He's talking about players that he has to face in the locker room. So I, I thought what he said took a lot of guts, and I think he should be respected for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I said, and not That's only just the, the players. Yeah, and, and like I said, and, and even more so the 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 higher ups. You got the people who who drafted him, who brought him in the yeah. league and in the organization. So so it's no for to 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 call to action that. On that big of a level, yeah, like I said, that takes the is just as much courage, a lot of courage, and so yeah, that she should be rewarded for that if they do make changes. Uh, and and that's the thing you have now this mix of people who weren't around there, yeah. most notably uh, Jeremy Colton. This guy was he was playing in the league at the time with the North organization, yeah. so yeah. he's kind of a, a complete outsider. So whether he's the one to make changes in that locker room, who knows? I, I can't imagine. The thing is, he's he's kind of you know in the jackpot as well because he can't really afford to ruffle anybody's feathers right now because yeah. his job's on the line. So that makes for, for things to be kind of a tense situation on top of this. What do you think Marc-Andre Fleury's thinking right now? Probably wishes he retired. Yeah. Yeah. And the team's Probably still winless. He's, not even, starting. he's not even starting now. It's been Lankin in the last uh, couple like, of games. That's um, He must just be like, what did I step in here? Jesus. Yeah. He's got to be thinking that. There's no way you can be thinking. Wait, wait, wait a minute. This is going to turn around. And, and who's to say? Who's to say that yeah. at any point? Who's to say at any point he doesn't go into Cal Davidson now? Cal Davidson's office and say, you know what, I'm done. He yeah. could. Yeah. I think if I'll, he gets worse, it might. Trade you know, me I, I, right fucking now. Tell yeah. Detroit bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jimmy uh, and uh, everybody else. I was I was on with Marenzi on Tuesday late night and doing my my spot mm-hmm. with him, and we were talking about how. You know the difference in blame of, of players and, and management, and I, I think ethically, uh, obviously, I set out the gate that I think it, it whether you have an A or a C or whatever letter you have, it, if you're an equal person, you have ethics. I don't, I don't think the letter matters as much, but you know, we were talking about just legality and, and criminal stuff. Like this is just like the, everybody I've talked to. Like I got my buddy and was going back with me yesterday saying, well, you know, it's all they can do is go to the uh, the management, and then after that, I mean. There's the management supposed to do their job. And I agree with that. But if we're talking about players ethically, you can go beyond that. You can go to NHLPA. NHLPA doesn't work. Let's get the hell out of the hockey talk and go to a, a cop or something. Like, I don't know. Like to me, like obviously I Everyone think that kept like passing the buck. That's yeah. what happened. Everyone just yeah. kept passing the buck. Yeah. yeah. But I think ultimately, like nobody is is, is in the right uh for letting this know. And it's a secret that they all live with and just pass along. But the management, shame on them because I get yeah. it. You know, Taze was wearing the C. He was very young. All these guys. And that was when, you know, I was pretty young then. This is 10 years ago, honestly. And uh, they were really great. You know, the Blackhawks were awesome. And the thing is, is that uh, the fact this gets ignored, NHLPA denying that request. And for the management for the Blackhawks, I'm curious what this would have all been like if they were shitty. Because, because they were such a great team. It makes mm-hmm. a hell of a lot of difference yeah. and for true. shame. Didn't want to for shame. The cup the distraction. They didn't yeah. want the distraction. We're laser focused yeah. on winning the Stanley Cup. That's the last cup. thing I'll say, but yeah. I, I feel absolutely yeah. horrible. And you know, the, the last point I'll make here is this: the whole cu- in, uh, the uh, the the cover up was done to keep you know this, like I said, from distracting from what was going on with the playoff run. In the present, so yeah. right. So management, everybody that was in that room for that meeting, the two groups of people they don't want finding out. One A is the public and the media. One B would be the immediate players in that room. 
You don't want them getting this. That, that's where you don't want the distraction. Even if the media finds out, okay, but you got to try to downplay the yeah. distraction to the guys in that room because you're trying to win a Stanley Cup, according to that's what the reason for the cover-up was. So when you look at it from, from that aspect, that's why when you say, you know, okay, well, who knew what at what time and what things were, were said, Right. That's you know, that's where, where that question comes. And also too to the fact of this, okay, the players, let's say the players knew about it, let's say the players found out about it from some other channel. Even if they go up to management, all management's probably going to say is, Well, we're gonna tell you know McDonough, and then McDonough would say the same thing he said to everybody in that yeah, room. Who knows? What yeah, I mean what's going on with him? Yeah, like, John McDonough doesn't have to answer any questions. And Jarek in the chat saying it's nice that Stan Bowman gets to slink off into the sunset there and not answer any questions. You know, and uh, his like, why haven't we heard from Stanley? Guys, I'm, I'm curious. I, don't, I know we had to move on, but I'm, how does this work criminally? Like, what what goes on behind? Know. Like, we're talking about fines and yeah. coaches and all this. Sh- like, this is such a bigger picture than just I can hockey, tell you one thing. You know I, mean? I can like, tell you one thing. As far as Joe Quinville is concerned, he needs to hire a lawyer immediately because he wrote the review. That wasn't a letter of recommendation, but he wrote a a in year end coaches review. Giving high marks to to uh, Aldrich, and after, that was eventually used for him to, to yep. move on. So so he he had he's liable to be to be sued in civil court from the victim from the 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 Michigan incident and anybody else. So yeah. that that's one thing I do kind of know criminally. Other things I'm not sure of, but that yeah. that is definitely something. Recommending the guy of. after he already knew what was going on. That, yeah, that's hard to fathom. That you that's, know what. Beyond you know what scares time. me too, guys, and this is why I keep saying it's a bigger thing than just the Blackhawks. I mean, obviously the Panthers are involved, now, but Bill Zito didn't seem the least bit sorry, the least bit worried about it. Like when he spoke to the media, he came out, and it was just like, and that just shows you that this is a this is epidemic's a strong word, but it's 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 an infection that has spread through the league, and it's it's you know it's everywhere, and and that's that's what's scary is that this there's this. This this mentality that it, it it's okay to bury these things and to ignore them, and then when you're caught, to act like you're not caught, and that that's what scares me the most right now about where the NHL's headed, is is that there's a a whole culture within the league. I'm not saying everybody. I'm not trying to paint the whole league as bad. I'm just saying there is a culture there that doesn't seem to give a shit about this, and, and that's scary to me. Just uh, almost indifferent. And yes, um, that's a perfect word. Thank you. Indifferent to it. And look, Jonathan Taves has always been stoic. He's always been Captain Serious is what they call him. And he's almost like a robot, though, last night, emotionless, just, you know, stiff, wooden, whatever you want to call it. I'll say this, Ian. They're all being careful, right? Look at Duncan Keith's interview, right? They're all being careful what they're saying. I don't know. It's it's unfortunate. The Blackhawks aren't really... I'll give the guys credit on the ice for the way they showed up after all that. Yeah, they actually and the irony, who were the yep. two guys to score right away? Doc and Debrinket, the guys who were supposed to be the future leaders of this team. Yeah, yep. that, that's yep. almost like poetic it's or a, yeah. a sign or a symbol that that's the future of the Blackhawks. Yep. And we're moving on from Kane soon. We're moving on from Jonathan Taves soon. And it's time for a new era of Blackhawk uh, hockey. Uh, you're right, Doc and uh, Debrink at the uh, goal scores for Chicago, even though they fell short on the scoreboard to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So, it, you know, we'll turn our attention to betting, which seems far uh, more minuscule compared to uh, the topic we just discussed. But uh, move on, we must. 
Uh, it's time to break down the Thursday card. We'll start with Calgary and Pittsburgh. Uh, we've got the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's pretty much even money right now, minus 110 both sides, five and a half the total in this game. Uh, the Flames, this great road trip for them. Four straight wins on the road uh, here on the trip. Uh, remember, they lost their last home game before the trip to Anaheim. They go on the road to Detroit, to Washington, New York Rangers, and New Jersey victorious in all four games, playing extremely well. Uh, getting goal scoring up and down their lineup uh, and getting uh, timely goaltending as well from uh, the duo of uh, Jacob Markstrom. Uh, and as well, uh, the other night played well in a backup role uh, for the uh, Calgary Flames that night as well uh, was uh, uh, Dan of Ladar for the uh, Calgary Flames. Of course, Jimmy knows him well, a uh, former Boston Bruin. And uh, Vladar played pretty uh, solidly in net that night against the uh, New Jersey Devils. So uh, it's been a nice start to Calgary. And it's not a team I want to go against, but we do want to bring up. It's been a long road trip. It's been a good one. This is the last game of that road trip. And you know what that sometimes means, that last game, especially when it's been a good one, you don't get that same, that great final performance. Look at San Jose the other night. They're flat as a pancake against Nashville uh, on that last game of the road trip. So, yeah, I'm not going against Calgary, and I'm not betting this game other than one goal score prop, and you know what it is. It's Andrew Mangiapane. I mean, I told you after that last game, we got to start looking toward this guy who was uh, at, at the end of um, Tuesday night's games, just tied with Alex Ovechkin, believe it or not, uh, for a goal scoring leader. And they still really haven't adjusted the prop too much. It was plus 220 uh, in the New Jersey game. It's plus 210 tonight. So that's not a real, real big adjustment for a guy that's one of the you know hottest goal scorers in the league right now to begin the year. So that's the only bet for me here uh, in this game. It's Andrew Mangiapane, uh, plus 210 uh, anytime goal. I lean Calgary. They're playing well, but I just don't love this. The final road game, it's been a long trip. Sometimes you don't see the best performance from teams in this spot. Alex, what do you think? Calgary, Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's a lean to Calgary for me. Like you said, this is the third game in four nights. When we thought they would lay an egg the, the other night against New Jersey, but then uh, New Jersey with their backup goalie and their seven, eight turnovers in the first period uh, pretty much gave the game away. And Calgary goes on and runs away with it. So, you know, now we'll see, you know, the fatigue kind of sets in. Sometimes having that day off in between before getting ready to go home, that's when things kind of really settle in and, like you know, teams are looking a little bit forward to getting back uh, home. So, you know, Pittsburgh, we talked about how well they played over the, the, this stretch with, you know, missing their, their key pieces with, uh, you know, no Malkin, no Crosby, no Rust. Uh, and now they got Casey to Smith in net, which I thought was interesting. I, it makes sense, obviously. They don't want to just burn Jari out right away. But Jari, for as good as his numbers are in, at home instead of on the road, uh, you'd think that they would try to, to have given him the start here. But it is the Smith nonetheless. So uh, this is one I'm just going to stay away from. It would be a lean toward Calgary because I like the way they're playing right now. And maybe they do want to try to end this road trip on a high note. But uh, but sometimes we do see them fall flat. So it's just kind of a wait-and-see approach for this. All right, wait and see for uh, Alex with this one between the uh, Flames uh, and uh, the uh, Penguins. Uh, we'll see how it goes here in this one uh, today, tonight. Uh, what do you think here, Andrew, Calgary, Pittsburgh? Yeah, I just look at this game, and I, it's funny because, like you said, there's that um, the end of a road trip. Um, there's the, the Pittsburgh Penguins angle that, you know, we, we kind of it, – it's that time of year where it's current form. You know, we, we can't just look at, you know, yeah, this team has nobody. They're still a little bit banged up or they have a code protocol. They've been an all right hockey team, guys. And uh, like many teams have said, they're tough to play against. They play well defensively. They're tight checking. Uh, so, you know, I slight, slight, slight lean here with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Haven't quite gotten to the window. Uh, 
But, you know, I think if you look at the advanced stats here, Calgary Flames shooting percentage much better than it should be. That number will regress. I mean, that number, um, you know, the starts they've had to some games, starts they had that Devils game that we joked around they were hung over for. Um, we're going to see some regression in that spot. And, and Pittsburgh still has some guys that can score. And most importantly, they've actually been, you know, taking care of the puck. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I wanted to mention as well, Pittsburgh uh, last couple games here, take away that uh, absolute debacle against Tampa Bay, but they really haven't been allowing that many goals. What was it? One against Toronto, uh, two against Dallas, two against Chicago. And then prior to that, they played Florida. So against any average, below average, a little bit above average teams, they're actually not allowing that many goals. So I think it's a bet on spot for Pittsburgh at home. And I think the price is right here. And Pittsburgh here a little bit uh, at even money. Jimmy, uh, Calgary, Pittsburgh. Yeah, guys, you know, I'm going to – man, I got burnt when I, when I went away from the Flames. I've been riding them uh, heading into New Jersey there. And like you said, they they look great. And then that hangover works. So, uh, you know, I'm going to go back with the, the Flames now. And, of course, they'll probably lose. But I, I, I think I'm going to go back to them right now, ride that. Um, I think Pittsburgh – Sooner or later, this ragtag bunch that they got going right now is they're they're, they're going to run out a bit, uh, run out of steam, and I think that happens tonight. So give me the flames on the money line. All right, like in Calgary here, minus one ten, Jimmy in this one, Boston and Carolina. We've got Carolina minus one thirty five home favorites, five and a half being the uh, total uh, in this game here. Uh, the Bruins. I took Florida yesterday again. I was concerned how, uh, they didn't come out good at all. And I'm thinking, whoa, at the beginning of the game, is Coach Q, you know, madness going on off the ice, getting to them a little bit? Because they didn't play well in the first period, and I thought maybe that had something to do with it. But uh, maybe it was just they didn't play well because, boy, they played good from the second period onward. Uh, It was a much different Panthers team, uh, and they erased an early 1-0 lead for Boston, and they end up winning 4-1 to go to 7-0. Uh, on the season, Florida, so very impressive. But uh, Boston proved in that game against uh, Florida last night, Jimmy, maybe they're just not ready yet to be ready to beat some of these really good teams uh, in the Eastern Conference. And that's kind of what I think tonight uh, as well against Carolina. I don't think they're ready to beat the Hurricanes uh, tonight in this game either. A rested, fresh Hurricanes team off to their uh, undefeated 6-0 start. So poor Boston. They have to play back-to-back on the road against two undefeated hockey teams. Uh, not a good schedule uh, dealt there. Not a good schedule hand dealt their way uh, these last two games. Um, you know the Bruins defensively. I saw it last night. I mean Florida when they kept attacking, they, the transition game was really causing Boston fits. The longer that game went on uh, last night. Uh, And look, that's the way Carolina plays. Their transition game is excellent. Just ask Toronto. Every time Toronto turned the puck over at at the opponent's blue line or in the neutral zone, it was going the other way. And in a lot of instances, it was in their net. Odd man rushes. Carolina's good at creating those. Carolina also with four lines that can all chip in uh, offensively. That's going to test Boston and Bruce Cassidy. Who do you match up with when you got three lines and sometimes even four lines that can score? you know, on this Carolina team. So you factor that in, factor in that it's a back-to-back on the road for the uh, Boston Bruins too, which isn't going to make this particular spot and opponent tonight any easier for them. Uh, And like like I said earlier, Carolina's winning games, finding ways to win. I took Carolina as a best bet on the show against Boston. I don't know if it's going to be best bet tonight, but I am definitely still on Carolina here, uh, minus 135 in this game. Looks like Jeremy Swayman uh, in net tonight 
uh, for the Boston Bruins, which we expected because uh, all Mark, yeah, because all Mark got the start last night uh, against Florida. So it is Swayman, uh, who's had some great starts, and he's also had some shaky ones. I still think of the Philadelphia game; he didn't look too sharp uh, in that game. And you know, Carolina's got the offense to maybe make you pay. So a Carolina money line for me. Uh, Alex, what do you like here? Boston, Carolina. Yeah, I like the first period over here in this spot. And, I, and the numbers actually dropped. It was minus $1.25 and now it's $1.20. These are two teams that get off the fast starts. We've seen the goal in the first 10 minutes cash uh, often with both of these clubs. And, and like I said, this is kind of a spot where, you know, with Boston, you know, going back and forth against Florida and not having to take on uh, another tough undefeated team uh, in Carolina could catch up with them. So uh, I like the first period over. I'm going to stay away from my side because like I said, I think Carolina at some point, Carolina is going to, to, you know, suffer a loss and they've got a back-to-back. This is the first of back-to-backs here. They've got this game and then they got Chicago coming in tomorrow. So uh, keep an eye on that. But uh, I think we'll see at least a fast start and get some goals early. All right. First period over one and a half Boston, Carolina for Alex. Andrew, what do you like here? Bruins and Canes. Yeah, I ended up on the over in last night's Bruins game, and uh, the Bruins just didn't do their part. You know, Jimmy was spot on with the, with their defensive troubles. The problem is the Bruins just didn't do their their part for me. Um, but uh, you know, I, I liked the Panthers last night, but I I, I thought we'd see the, some compete level a little bit better for the Bruins. But I don't know; they're just a team that I think has a good bounce back capability. They've always been pretty good off a loss. I, I think that as much as they have some newer guys, they do have leadership in the room and. Well, what happened the last time I predicted a bounce back for them? I mean, it wasn't against the Hurricanes. It was against the Sabres, but they scored some goals and they scored early and passed mm-hmm. got involved and um, we're getting some pretty good prices. So I, I think the overs the play here. You know, Ian, we've both been riding these Hurricanes uh, overs. They've scored a minimum of four goals in every game they've played in this season. And I can sure bet that they're going to, the Bruins are going to score more than just one goal tonight. So Let's not forget that game against the Hurricanes from the Toronto Maple Leafs. How many chances did the Hurricanes allow? If, if the Leafs were in such a funk where they couldn't score to save their lives, you know, I think the Bruins would have buried some of the chances the Leafs might have had. You know, any, any disagreements with that? I think the Bruins, you know, past them, Marshy, those guys would have buried some of those. Possibly. Um, so, Anderson's playing great. I mean, this yeah. is this looks like he's revitalized again being out of Toronto. He's had been sensational for the uh, Hurricanes early on. Yeah, so I'm on the over, guys. I like the play. Yeah, I mean, I like that at, at over five and a half. So I lean that way for sure, five and a half. Because um, uh, six it was at some books earlier in the day. It's actually dropped five and a half. It's now pretty much available across the board. So it was actually under uh, where this uh, line was bet. But, uh, you know, with Carolina, it's still over a pass for me, especially when I see a five and a half. And uh, I might bet a small uh, taste of the over here, even though I, I prefer Carolina as the side in this game. Uh, what do you think here, Jimmy? Boston, Carolina. I'm right with Andy. I love the over in this, and I'm also going to go the over in the first period. I think we see some tired legs for the Bruins. Their defense is sloppy lately, uh, and I, I think they, you know they might come out a little fired up too, though, up front. I think it's going to kind of be a loosey-goosey game to start. So uh, I like the over in the first period and the over total. All right, first period and full game over for Jimmy in this one. Arizona, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay minus 310. Home favorites, 5.5 the total. Get used to this. Uh, $3 favorites against uh, Arizona. You better get used to this. We've seen it with Florida. We're seeing it again right now with uh, Tampa Bay tonight in this game. I'm going to go to the same bet I had the other night with Florida against Arizona, and that's the combo bet. Tampa Bay Lightning and over 5.5 is plus 136 to plus 140 uh, in that range at a couple books that offer those combo bets. It's the best way to go with these big favorites. If you think they're going to win the game, 
you know, you combo it with a total either under or over. And for Arizona, it can only be over for me because the defense is so bad. Um, so that's the way I'm going to go here. Uh, Tampa Bay and over five and a half plus one thirty six to plus one four. There's a couple books that have plus one forty as well on that. So uh, Tampa Bay just to win the game and the game to go over five and a half is what that means. If both of those things happen, it cashes at plus one forty in some spots. So that's the bet for me. Very simple. I lean to the Lightning team total over, but I'm not going to bet that. I would prefer the price on this Tampa and over five and a half combo. Tampa to win and over five and a half goals makes sense to me. Hopefully they don't fall asleep like they did against Buffalo. You know, that's the one worry. They played a weak team and they kind of were lethargic that night. They're coming off a bounce back win against Pittsburgh. But I think they should do what a lot of teams have done against Arizona. That score goals in bunches against them. So uh, Tampa Bay and over five and a half, the combo, just like I had with the uh, uh, Florida-Arizona game the other night. Alex, uh, your thoughts here, Coyotes and Lightning. Yeah, shit. This team can be high, drunk, sleep, whatever, and they'll still find a way to get goals against Arizona tonight. Uh, I like the first period over here. I'm surprised that we're getting this even close to the range of minus a dollar fifteen to a dollar twenty. Uh, I thought this was going to open up much higher, especially once they announced that it's Ivan Prozvetsov. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's, it's starting in net for uh, for Arizona. The, the another improvement. I doubt he's going to be as stellar as everyone's trying to make uh, Karel Vamelka to be. Uh, I think we're going to see goals here early and often. Like I said, the, the price for the team total is a little too high for uh, Tampa Bay. I don't want to be laying that price with a, a three and a half or even a four and a half. So I'm just going to go with the first period over and uh, maybe hopefully we can get uh, Arizona goal first and then we can probably get a better adjusted number on uh, you know regulation with Tampa Bay. Yeah, Prosvetov, I mean, for uh, Arizona, uh, the goalie for them tonight, uh, he did have three appearances for uh, Arizona in uh, 2000, yeah, last season, 4.15 goals against 824 save percentage in those games. That is not good, not good by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, it makes it makes you think that yeah, there could be goals early, and Tampa Bay could light the lamp here. And again, this Tampa Bay offense has been kind of up and down, but they broke out against Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll see if uh, they can carry that over here to an Arizona team that's just uh, surrendering goals and bunches so far this season. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here with Arizona-Tampa? I'm just disappointed, guys. Uh, can you hear me okay? Sorry, yep. I'm having some. Yep. I'm just disappointed that um, I, I haven't been on this uh, fade the, the Arizona on puck line uh, you know, trip uh, for the past couple days. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, right now you'd have some pretty decent money in your bankroll if you've just consistently taken the puck line on the opposition going up against Arizona, you know, and uh, sometimes as betters and handicappers, we overthink a lot of things. You know, we, we try and, you know, look at these certain spots and write bet on spots for teams. You know what? Like Alex said, I don't think any spot in the wild is going to be a bet on spot for this Coyotes team. <laughs> so look, I, I, I'm on Tampa Bay on the puck line here. I thought about their team total, but we could easily see a three, one win or, or something like that. And then we'd be pissed that, you know, Tampa Bay still won the game by margin, but didn't cover that total. And yeah, uh, you mentioned, mentioned about uh, Prosvitov, Ian. And one thing I'll say about him, I'm always a huge believer of you look at a goaltender when they're in and they don't get a lot of time. Players have their back, not in this situation, you know, whether you're an expansion team or a bottom feeder team, you need to have great defense and a great goaltender behind you. So, uh, I'm on the puck line for Tampa Bay. Prosvitov has literally looked solid, um, you know, at, you know, growing through the minors, ECHL, AHL. But there's a reason why we haven't seen him since 2020, 2021. Uh, and then he was with, with the Roadrunners, and now he's back again. So this might be uh, 
not we're tossing in the backup hoping to win. It's we're tossing in the backup and we pretty much know that we're saving our other guy for a winnable game. Uh, what's troubling too for Arizona, a winless team. And by the way, all but one of those losses has been by two goals or more. So only one game they will not have covered a puck line. Like that's just a shameful man. How many times have I come on here and said uh, fade the you know fade the Coyotes in the puck line? Not enough. Yep. No, it's true. And <laughs> not now, enough times. <laughs> yeah, uh, Connor Timmins is out. Uh, now on the blue line, he got injured the other night. Ryan Dezingle now is out, and they were already without Schmaltz and Galchenyuk up front. Uh, so now it's getting worse. Not only are you bad, you're you're struggling, you're giving up goals in bunches, but now you're down, you're playing your third goalie on the depth chart tonight. You're down a defenseman in Connor Timmins, and you're down Ryan Dezingle, who's a good two-way forward. So it's getting worse for Arizona now because the injuries are now starting to mount, and they can't afford that. They have no depth. What do you think here, Jimmy, Arizona-Tampa? Yeah, you know, I'm going to – I think this is, like you guys just said, it's just not a good spot for the Arizona Coyotes like every other game seems to be this year so far. Uh, I like the team total for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, over 3.5. You get pretty good value on it. I'm looking at minus 130. Uh, and then I like the over in the first period as well, uh, over 1.5, and, and I think I'm seeing that at the same price. And then I'm going to take the puck line as well, uh, Tampa Bay puck line, minus 1.5. All right, there you go. So Tampa team total over three and a half. First period over Tampa puck line for uh, Jimmy. Jimmy puck line, there he is. Colorado, St. Louis. Colorado minus 120. Road favorite, six the total. Uh, in this game, of course, St. Louis now has a COVID situation that has uh, recently emerged. And, of course, tonight, no Brandon Sod and no Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, and, uh, you know, two of their top six forwards right there uh, not playing. Uh, and, of course, Sod was out against the uh, Kings as well uh, the other night. But O'Reilly now entering the protocol and he's going to be out for at least a week and a half, it looks like, right now. So uh, it's definitely going to be missed. The captain of the team, uh, and, you know, and not being with, being without him is going to hurt. Um, this is a tricky one, though, because St. Louis, like they didn't have Sod the other night, uh, and they still found a way to win. Um, and, and they're an undefeated team still. And like I say with the undefeated teams, I'm trying not to bet against them until they lose. Um, and, you know, I still think the Blues, you know, and the Colorado hasn't looked right. You know, at any point this year, two and four, they've not really played great 60-minute hockey. Uh, you know, the, their offense has kind of been underwhelming, including the other night losing to Vegas three to one. You know, they've had some games where they just haven't gotten that offensive production, uh, even from the big guys. You know, McKinnon and that line have been silenced, you know, at times in games this year. And the Blues, they've played the better hockey so far. And so, yeah, they're missing Sod, they're missing O'Reilly. I'm not going to be willing to go against them until I see some things change. Uh, you know, until I see the Blues lose uh, a game, they've played well. They they found ways again to win without Sod the other night against LA. So I understand that now it's probably worrisome backing St. Louis, but you know we can sometimes see those teams they step up and especially without the captain, you could see that for the Blues. Now, I don't know if Colorado's playing well enough where I'm ready to trust them and lay a price on the road. So right now I'm leaning toward a pass on the side. I lean to the over because of Colorado's defensive struggles. St. Louis has been an over team from the beginning this year. So I do lean to over six, but nothing strong in this game either way. Alex, what do you think with the Avs and the Blues? Yeah, just a lean with the over as well. And I wouldn't be shocked to see Colorado uh, come out here and, and beat St. Louis. I think at some point, like I said, within within the next three to four days, most of these unbeaten teams, I think, will suffer their first loss, be it uh, regulation or, you know, an overtime or a shootout. But uh, like I said, the over makes more sense. Obviously, 
even though Bennington's 4-0, but he, you know, we've seen him give up some goals at times. Uh, we know the shakiness of, of this Blues defense and their offense has picked up a little bit more. Like I said, it's going to, you know, we'll see how they do without Side and O'Reilly. That's kind of a, a big blow to the offensive punch. But uh, until things are, are short up, you know, with Colorado defensively, uh, the only thing you can be looking here would be with be the over. Remember cashing Colorado St. Louis over the total earlier this season uh, when these teams played in Denver. 5-3 for St. Louis, and the game went over the total. That was a 5.5, though. This one's a 6. That's why uh, I don't like this one quite as much with the adjustment in the number. Andrew, what do you think, Colorado St. Louis? Well, I just saw that uh, Randon left uh, morning practice or, or, or uh, pregame skate, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that that's a cause for concern. Yes. Yeah, and and uh, but I, my initial thought here was Colorado. You know, uh, I, I like the over as well, but you look at St. Louis right now and what they've been able to accomplish. Uh, it's great. And they've mixed, you know, they've beaten a mixture of so-so teams and some strong teams as well. But I was saying earlier today on a different program, you know, I keep on talking about the schedule makers and the tough job they have. What the hell did the Avalanche do to piss off the schedule makers this summer? I mean, did they, you know, sleep with their wife or something? I don't, I don't really know what they did, but do you know who they had to play, guys? You know, so far this season, the Cavs. Oh, it's the, been murderers the, row. The, yeah, yeah, the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, we talk about variance. We talk about you know things switching, but also current form. I mean, current form is one thing, but looking up at a schedule, there has to be a spot, like Alex said. I mean, for for these teams that are undefeated to get broken, but this is a spot where I think that they get right, get going, get a win, and, and start to continue that and snowpile because. They have literally played some of the toughest teams in the league. Vegas, Tampa, Florida, Washington, St. Louis again. And then they had Chicago, uh, and we all know what they're up to. So, I mean, besides that first game, it's been hell and back for the Colorado Avalanche. Mix in their injuries, mix in McKinnon with COVID. Um, I'm not as much worried about them. Devontae's, he's still out. He's their stay-at-home defenseman. Gerard, he's out. And then Nichushkin. But other than that, I, I still think they'll be able to produce um, I think the whole Rantanen thing might just be precautionary measures. Um, so I, I like them here at a good price. You look at St. Louis's uh, shooting percentage too, guys. Expected goal stuff, way over, 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 uh, overvalued right now. I mean, they're not going to keep up the pace that they're at right now. Um, and Ian and I have both been betting a lot of overs with St. Louis. Large part, their overs, their power play. Power play is lethal. Um, so we'll see if uh, Colorado can stay disciplined, stay out of the box, and I think they get the win. All right, like in Colorado here. Ranton is a game-time decision, by the way. I just checked. That is the latest update. So we'll see before game time if he's in. Jimmy, Colorado, St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a great game, but just the, the uncertainty of Rantanen and, and then the COVID situation in St. Louis right now, it, it's kind of leaving me neutral. I don't really have a feel on it. So I'm going to pass on this one, guys. All right, we have Buffalo and Anaheim. We've got Anaheim minus 130, home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Buffalo Sabres, uh, we keep waiting for the shoe to drop, other shoe to drop on them, but four and two, and <laughs> doesn't get much more impressive than beating the defending two-time champion Tampa Bay Lightning uh, in their last game, five to one. Uh, Anaheim on the flip side, how will they respond? They, that was their fourth loss in a row in just brutal fashion. In fact, the last two have been brutal. They coughed up a lead to Minnesota, and then they're up 3-2 with a minute and a half left against Winnipeg, and then Nikolai Ehlers strikes twice uh, to come back for Winnipeg to erase a 3-2 deficit and win 4-3. Um, 
very I lean Buffalo here. I really do. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to bet it, but I lean Buffalo. I'm not laying a price with this Anaheim team. Lost four in a row. Crushing loss the other night uh, against Winnipeg. Crushing, not crushing for the season, but because I don't think they're making the playoffs anyway, but crushing just in the way they lost. Like you're up 3-2 uh, with a minute and a half to go. You don't even get a point. Like it's not that Winnipeg tied it and you went to overtime and you still picked up a point. No, you gave up two goals in about a minute or so and you lost in regulation and got no points. That is as bad as it gets in terms of a brutal loss for the Anaheim Ducks there. So, no, there's no way I'm laying a price with this group. Uh, I'm not enamored about rushing a back Buffalo here to start a long West Coast road trip, but I would take Buffalo before I take Anaheim uh, in this game. Alex, your thoughts here, Sabres, Ducks. Yeah, I got nothing in this game. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to bet it. Uh, these are two, you know, pretty bad teams. And obviously, Buffalo, you think they want to start off the road trip with a, on a good note. Uh, and they could possibly do that against the Anaheim team where the defense is struggling. They've allowed four more goals in four straight games. Uh, Gibson has been a shell of himself so far. Uh, so you just kind of wonder, you know, if they can get things short up defensively. I think with Buffalo is that, you know, they've been working hard. It's been a group effort as far as their offense goes. There's no one pinpoint player to say this guy is going to be able to light the lamp, you know, consistently uh, one or two guys. So it, it's just a stay away from me. If, if anything, if, you know, those of you who are watching it, maybe, Looked about it live, but there's other other better games on the cards. All right, uh, I agree with that. Andrew, Buffalo, Anaheim. We got a mic issues with Andrew there. Oh, okay. Uh, there you go. How's your mic? Sorry, I, 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 sorry, no, 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 no. Mike is fine. I just, uh, I just. Do you mind going to Jimmy for a second? I'll be oh, okay. We're, we're going to let Andrew uh, get uh, collect his bearings there. All right, Jimmy, what do you think here? Buffalo Anaheim. It, it sucks because I'm with uh, Alex. I'm passing, so I don't have much to say about this game, but I can talk if you want. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no. The, the dog was, I, I'm done with, the, I won't have too many dog excuses for you guys for long, but uh, he just, he was napping. Girlfriend came home from lunch, got him all excited, and now he's in the room. Uh, being you know being a bugger but uh, I I lean towards the dog here you you can't I I can't play the favorite that's for sure Uh, and I'm not a huge first period eh? you lean towards the dog yeah exactly yeah this this is this is Henry's play of the day two ways yeah Yeah. two ways of leaning towards the dog yeah 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 but uh yeah I mean I don't know look and look at the and look at the numbers here for the ducks uh a lot of their games even though they're producing goals they aren't nice goals guys some of them have been but, you know, a lot of the percentages and stuff like that and, 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 you know, the advanced numbers for them haven't been great. And how long, you know, it's like we were talking about, and even Terry's been commenting it for a while. How long until Buffalo's good and we just accept that? You know, not, not great, but how long until they aren't the dog shit team we thought they were? You know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's the thing in week. NHL. Yeah, I think that a lot of people, <laughs> yeah, another week for sure. But, hey, it's not, it's not yet. It's not right now. So uh, I like that first period over as well, though. I see uh, some people talking about it in the uh, live chat. I think it's a good look too. Anaheim been giving up goals early. And let's be yeah. honest, they've been playing their best hockey early in games and definitely not late in games. Yeah, it's tricky with the total because Buffalo's played one road game too. and Just one before tonight against New Jersey. And it was a tight, very tight checking, very dull plotting game. And it was two to one. So I think they prefer to be defensive on the road, Buffalo. But Anaheim's gone four straight to the over. So to me, it's a, they cancel out. That's why I don't yeah, like one, the total. One note, Anthony Stolarz has started tonight. Gibson's going tomorrow against yep. Vegas. So, yes. which, I mean, that means, you know, with Anderson and Stolarz, it could be three, two, or it could be seven, six. 
That's true because he's been good at times as well. <laughs> like, but uh, still, I like that, one, Alex. I like that. Not as good lately, though. Seven I mean, first, six. Yeah, first couple starts were good. Three point five six goals against nine eleven save percentage. Now though, so kind of a downturn for Stolars. That's why I would lean Buffalo too because, uh, like I say, they got a little more confidence. But don't love the game. Uh, all that much just to lean to the Sabres. All right, before we get to our last four games, DraftKings are great sponsors here at THPN and the Ice Guys, official sports betting partner of the NFL and NHL. They have you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If your sport, if DraftKings isn't available in your state or you're in Canada, don't worry. You can play for huge cash prizes all season long with the DraftKings DFS Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL and NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, we move on now to Minnesota and Seattle. Uh, Even money here on both sides. Five and a half the total in this game. Uh, Seattle gets the first home win in franchise history uh, against Montreal the other night. Very impressive. 5-1 win. We'll see if they can uh, keep it up here against Minnesota. Now playing the second game of the road trip. Getting the road trip off to a good start. Tuesday night with a 3-2 win uh, over the Vancouver Canucks. uh, this one's tricky to me. Um, Seattle, Seattle could have and should have won, in my opinion, their first home game against Vancouver. They outplayed Vancouver. They carried the play to them. Demko was outstanding. It was Grubauer not playing that well that night for uh, Seattle. He was much better, by the way, against Montreal. It was one of his better games. And I'm leery in these first few home games of Seattle, of betting against Seattle in these first few home games. They're up for them. They're fired up. It's their first, you know, this will be their third home game now. They're, I think they want to go on a nice little spurt here on this home stand, use the energy of the crowd, and they have played good enough, I think, to win both home games. So I lean Seattle. I don't think I'll bet it, though, because I like Minnesota, too, and the way they've played so far this season. They've been a good road team early on in the year as well. Uh, I, what I do lean toward is the over. And what I do lean toward is uh, Yanni Gord to score for Seattle, plus 240. Great price. He's going to get more responsibility, more ice time here with Seattle than he did even before with Tampa Bay. You know, and he scored uh, the other night a beautiful goal uh, against Montreal. You know, Deke Jake Allen uh, made him look silly, to be honest with you. Uh, and uh, it was a great goal by him. And now he's going to play top line minutes, centering the top line with Callie Yarncroke and Jaden Schwartz. So he's going to have the, uh, responsibility he's going to get the minutes he's going to get the opportunity and he scored in his last game against Montreal and now that he's healthy again and back on the in the Kraken lineup I think that is a great not a good a great value goal scorer prop tonight Yanni Gord Seattle Kraken plus 240 for a guy playing top line minutes can't ask for better than that Alex what do you like here Minnesota Seattle yeah, this is one where I'm going to be probably – I'm probably just going to stay away from it altogether. I was going to lean with Minnesota. I like how they uh, picked up that 3-2 win uh, against Vancouver. That was a, a bit of a gritty win. But the thing you look at now is there's a couple of guys out with COVID for Minnesota. 
no uh, Matt Zuccarello, no Rem Pitlick. Uh, Connor Dewar is getting called recalled from Iowa to start, and this is going to be his day. NHL debut, but what's interesting is that he'll be playing in Seattle. He played four years with the Everett Silvertips uh, in juniors, so this will kind of be a homecoming of him of sorts, so I'm sure he's definitely geared up and excited uh, to play. I guess he'll be centering probably one of the, the bottom uh, six lines, so when you look at this uh, matchup, like I said, you know Seattle's more of a defensive-minded team. Minnesota's offense has kind of come more at home than on the road. They've actually got three and over the under uh, you know, on the road, so I'm, I'm staying away from the total here. I know every time I try to get on a wild first period over, I get burned. And every time I skip it, it ends up being, you know, 2-1 or 2-2. Two two. So uh, it's just kind of the way that's gone for me. So I'm just going to be a passing it all together. All right, passing it all together. If there's any books, too, that offer Yanni Gord shots on goal, I haven't seen many post him yet for some reason for shots on goal. But if, they, if I see that before game time, I'm interested in that. He's had three and five shots on goal for Seattle in the last two games. Um, you know what? We'll go to Jimmy. Uh, we'll let Andrew collect his uh, bearings again. Uh, Andrew, uh, Jimmy, we'll go to you first. Uh, Minnesota and uh, Seattle. He's firing shots at me now. <laughs> you know what, guys? I mean, just considering Nozucarello and just the other stuff that Alex just mentioned with the Wild, I'm liking the, I'm liking the Kraken in this. Uh, I think they get on a little run here after that first home win they got the other night. They're feeling it right now, and that place is going to be rocking. I don't know if you guys saw how great it was the other night. So give me the home team here, uh, the Seattle Kraken on the money line. All right, like in Seattle, and again, you can get them at pretty much minus 110 uh, across the board, right around even money. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts here are wild in the Kraken. Yeah, I mean, so we all heard the information about the wild, and, and you know, I, I think that that just helps the price. I'm going to wait until a little bit later on, and I'm going to take the wild until I can get the best price I can. People are probably going to see some money come in on Seattle. Right now, on, on, on pretty much, I've looked at three different advanced metric websites. We've got Seattle's seventh power rated. As far as all those advanced numbers go, you got to think that this team is not going to have a 12% shooting percentage all year long. You got to think they're not going to have that many shots going unblocked. You got to think they're not going to have X amount of expected goals because literally their expected goal numbers compared to the actual goals they're scoring is a complete, complete different number. And I expect that to start to change and we'll start seeing that reversal. I mean, you guys think Tandav is going to keep lighting it up? I don't think so. You know, some of these guys aren't, you know, they aren't acting like the way that they are going to be acting, you know, throughout a full 82 game season. So back up, uh, we, we, got, we got a wild team that's uh, got a few guys out, but I feel like still guys will pick up in their place. And I think it, it ultimately it just gives us a good price on them. So uh, play for me here on the wild. All right, Andrew, liking uh, Minnesota here uh, in this one. Like I said, my favorite bet on this game is Gord. Uh, plus 240, that's phenomenal. For a top-line guy, he's, he's got offensive capabilities. He's going to be able to showcase them more because he's playing on a top line in Seattle compared to a third line with Tampa Bay. That's an incredible value price right there for a guy that's going to get the chances he will. Philadelphia, Vancouver. We've got Vancouver minus 130 to minus 135 home favorites, six the total. Uh, this is a slam-dunk Canuck spot for me. Uh, I'm on Vancouver minus 130. I think they play a lot better tonight. Philadelphia's riding high off the big national TV win, handing the Oilers their first loss of the season. It's come back down to earth time for the Flyers, and it doesn't hurt the cause that good old Martin Jones is in net tonight for uh, the Philadelphia Flyers either in this game. I think it's a great bounce-back situation for Vancouver uh, after losing their home opener against uh, the um, 
uh, Minnesota Wild the other night, 3-2. to two. Yarrow Halak in net tonight for the uh, Canucks. They're going to give Thatcher Demko a rest. Uh, so far, so good, though, for Halak. He played well. Uh, he lost to Detroit, but he played well enough to win that game. Uh, 2.07 goals against average. Uh, I think it's a good bounce-back situation here for Vancouver. Philly team on the second of back-to-backs and with Martin Jones in that. So Canucks for me, minus 130 to minus 135. Alex, what do you think here? Flyers, Canucks. Uh, Martin Jones is in that, so I'm going to be on the over six. And uh, I'm going to stay away from the first period over. I can see where this may be slowed down a little bit. You know, Philly's going to try to play a little bit more sound defensively after that crazy first period we saw last night. It was a lot of fun to watch. They end up getting the 3-2 lead. If you had, uh, you know, a draw for the first period or Oilers' first period, uh, what should have been a push ended up being a loss with that buzzer beater by the Flyers, six-tenths of a second left. So that's a, a bit of a bad beat, but uh, – this is definitely going to be a game I feel like we'll see, you know, uh, a ton of goals, more so later than earlier. So keep that in mind if you're watching for in-game, you know, get some uh, live second period overs and third period overs as well. And a good long-term record here for Vancouver. Off a home loss, Vancouver 18-10. and 10. So good numbers there for Vancouver. They've been good at coming off a home loss in particular. So, and again, they've got the rest edge, scheduling edge. I still think they're a better team than they proved. They already beat. Now it is revenge for Philly. You could say, cause Philly lost in a shootout to Vancouver a couple weeks ago, but the schedule just doesn't set up well for the flyers and neither does their starting goaltender tonight. In my opinion, <laughs> Martin Jones. So uh, give me Vancouver here, Andrew, what do you think Philly and Vancouver? Yeah, I don't think revenge plays a huge factor right now in the season. These guys are going through their games. Could be, but uh, for this Flyers team, you know, it's funny, guys. I keep I keep making jokes saying that I don't think the Flyers have much depth. Doesn't matter if your main guys keep scoring the goals, does it? Uh, <laughs> you know, you don't really need it if those are the guys that are scoring. But uh, yeah, you know, I was I was I was talking with Jimmy and Ian I, I, after our show a couple days ago. I was real pissed off about losing that uh, over with Vancouver and the Wild. And I realized that my theory should more so be overs at the end of the road trip, but first game back home, just fade that team. And it was their home opener. I thought they would have had a couple of goals, but uh, Vancouver just didn't do their part in that over for me. And I'm not saying I'm holding a grudge against them. I'm saying the second game back at home is where the spot is to get on them. And I think it lines up even better for odds value is the fact that Philly's actually playing some pretty good uh, hockey right now. So I'm right there on Vancouver guys uh, locked it in in regulation. Um, I mentioned earlier, uh, when I came back about, you know, last week talking about trying to get just better value on some of these picks I'm making picking times like yesterday with the Maple Leafs. If I was playing the Maple Leafs, um, you want to get that in the money line because they're struggling so much, but I think here you can get plus 120 on the Vancouver Canucks. I want to turn that minus into a plus here, uh, regulation Canucks. Vancouver and regulation. By the way, Flyers back. You talk about teams. Some teams are good in the back-to-back. Vegas is 12-1. and They beat Dallas last night. Vegas is 12-1 and in the second night of back-to-back games, their last 13. That's a little nugget to file away for future reference. Vegas, 12-1 and in their last 13 games on the second night of back-to-back games. Flyers are the polar opposite. 0-7 in their last seven games on the second night of back-to-back games. So uh, they've not been good. Uh, in this spot. Uh, speaking of teams that have not been good in spots or any spot lately, the Montreal Canadiens uh, taken on the uh, San Jose Sharks. Uh, we've got San Jose minus 125 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. This is my Jimmy. I've never done this. I've always wanted to. I'm yeah. going to do the Jimmy Murphy here. Pass. <laughs> pass. Well, you know, you, you just passed Jimmy Murphy on his pick for that 
Previous game. I thought, so, I thought that oh, happened. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Jimmy. <laughs> Philly, Vancouver, Jimmy. My bad. Go ahead. I like the Flyers. Keep it rolling, man. I love the way they played last night. They had a good up-tempo game against a tough team on the road, and uh, I, I like them to continue here despite uh, Martin Jones between the pipes. All right, going to back Martin Jones, uh, and the, and you're getting a decent price there, plus 115. I don't love the spot, but we'll see. Uh, and, you know, uh, they are playing better. We'll see if they can keep it up tonight. Right, but Montreal-San Jose, this is a pass for me. This is San Jose back home off a long road trip. This has been the Alex B. Smith, Ian Cameron classic or special, whatever you want to call it for years, has been fading San Jose in this first home game off a long road trip. And I want no part of laying a price with San Jose here. But I equally want no part of Montreal right now. Not after what I saw the other night against Seattle, one and six. I, I saw a bunch of gloomy Gus faces in the press conference. Woe is me. Uh, you know, just uh, just totally dis despondent. You know, after that loss against Seattle, can't figure out what's going wrong and how to fix it. Uh, I want no part of either of these teams in this spot in particular. So pass for me, Alex, Montreal, San Jose. I grabbed Montreal yesterday at plus 120, and I had a feeling like, okay, some money is going to come in. I had no idea. At one point, I saw where it was even money at one point. Now we're seeing it kind of bounce back, dollar five, dollar ten. Uh, I think everybody's kind of, you know, caught on to this trend. Like it's been a decade now with uh, Baden San Jose uh, first time back at home, especially when playing out East. Uh, so, you know, I worry about Jake Allen getting run down. Obviously he's doing, you know, holding the bulk of the work in that with no carry price still. Uh, and you wonder if Montreal, if they're going to go to Montembeau at some point during this trip, or if they're going to try to even make a move, if they don't trust Montembeau enough to, to, you know, necessarily be a guy who can carry them for one or two games. But you don't want to risk running Jake Allen down uh, and then putting yourself into even a, a bigger hole. So he will start tonight going against Aiden Hill, a goalie who I don't trust at all. So I, I still feel confident enough that Montreal can get things rolling and take advantage of, of could be a, a possibly sleepwalking uh, Sharks team early. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm so pissed the schedule's done this. Like, of all, you, Montreal's the one team you, you made sure that I would not be betting against San Jose tonight, putting Montreal in this spot uh, here uh, against San Jose. By the way, Montreal's lost 12 straight in the Shark Tank, 12 straight losses uh, in San Jose. So, Alex is rolling the dice. Tonight's the night. Montreal snaps that ugly skid that they've, and they've not played good on the West Coast for years, whether it's San Jose, yep, Anaheim, LA. They've been brutal on the West Coast in Montreal on these road trips over the years. Andrew, what's your thoughts here? The struggling Habs against San Jose. Yeah, before I even started betting on sports or handicapping or, or even really knew about betting in the betting world, I've known that the Habs have not been good on their West Coast road trips. I never looked forward to it, never looked forward to watching them. And the funny thing is, you know, I'd be staying up late here uh, on the East Coast. You're all pumped up to watch your team. And then I would see them just get crushed. <laughs> and I'd always think something would change. You know, they this is uh, they haven't won in San Jose since 1999. Um, wow. So part of me, part of me is thinking about that and just like, damn, like that's a crazy, crazy amount of time, guys. You know, um, I'm looking at this bet. I'm not sure if you guys, if you guys. I'm not sure if this is for everybody, but do you guys see team totals at your books in regulation? Is that something that you guys can bet? I don't want to give that out. Some, some do. Yep. And, yeah, and usually yep. that pops up on, on uh, for some books, it'll pop up live. So you can bet it right as the game starts. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm looking at Montreal team total over two and a half minus 120 in regulation uh, is what I got. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. The uh, with OT included, it bumps up to like minus 145 or something like that. But right. That's I think Montreal gets back to their scoring touch. 
I'm kind of pissed off at myself after hearing what Jimmy was talking about, reminded us about them going, going to the Seahawks game because I saw pictures of it all over social media and maybe they just weren't ready for their road trip. You know, you, I think the second game of a road trip is actually a good bet on spot here. And let's not forget which team is playing the first game back at home. You know, again, another spot like this and um, we'll see what happens. So, we're going against a very long trend here, boys. <laughs> but well, uh, they could score three and still lose, so not yeah. necessarily. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, par- partially going against it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I tried my thought a hand with the over two and a half the other night. Actually, I would lean that way too tonight as well. But was not happy seeing them only score one uh, the other night uh, against Seattle. But uh, yeah, two and a half. You know, the offense I thought was going to get a kickstart after scoring six against Detroit, and they stepped backward again. Uh, against Seattle. We'll see if they can find the back of the net tonight. Winnipeg, Los Angeles. Now, final game on this Thursday card. It's me again. I'm sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, Montreal, San Jose. I don't know what's going on. It's not intentional, I swear. It's my fault because I got the I got the order mixed up initially at one point. So I'll take it. Right, guys, I'm just gonna I'll get right to it. I'm gonna party like it's 1999. Give me the Habs and money line. All there right, there you go. Turn the clock back to uh, pre-century days when Montreal Little actually Prince. won games in the Shark Tank. Let's uh, break the trend, Jimmy. Yeah, That's Montreal right. plus one ten, and Alex is on that as well. And I kind of lean to the team total for oh, Montreal. Yeah. So, but I'm going to stay off the money line for sure. If the only thing I'd bet is the team total for Montreal. I'd stay off the side, the money line. Winnipeg, Los Angeles, even money, both sides here, five and a half the total. Um, I'm not going to fight it. The Jets have found offense without Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley, and L.A.'s returning home off a long road trip. It's an over five and a half for me with Jets and Kings. I think the Kings, too, look, they got to muster some offense, and I like the idea of team getting shut out um, in their last game, which the Kings were one nothing at the end of that road, 3 nothing, I should say, at the end of that road trip against St. Louis. I think a chance for the Kings to, at least against this Jets team, bounce back a little bit, uh, find their way maybe to scoring some goals. Jets have gone over now in five straight games, 4-3, uh, and the Jets have scored three goals or more in, in all of those games uh, as well. And I think the Kings now uh, back home. Uh, let's not forget they haven't been home since the two games against uh, Minnesota and Vegas. They scored eight goals in those two games for an average of four goals per game. So uh, nothing on the side. This is just over five and a half. I think the Jets are, you know, Ehlers, and Dubois playing well, uh, and they're getting Andrew Kopp and some other forwards stepping up for them offensively right now. And on the flip side, I like to think that you know teams off a shutout loss, what are they looking at in that next game, especially back home in front of the fans? You want to get that offense going a little bit. So Jets-Kings over 5.5 for me tonight. Alex, Winnipeg, Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm really just sending it out to my client. I played it about 20 minutes ago, but I noticed that number drop. I saw sixes at one point, but now five and a half. And especially now with the confirmation of Jonathan Quick going for L.A. against Eric Comrie going for the Jets, I think this is uh, like a great spot where we can see goals. And especially, you know, Drew Doughty sorely missed at both ends for L.A., but but even more so on that back end. So I think Winnipeg's definitely going to have chances to score. Yeah, exactly. You got the weaker goalies, obviously. Eric Comrie's weaker than Connor Hellebuck. I think we can all agree on that. And I'd say at this stage of his career, Jonathan Quick is weaker than Cal Peterson uh, for Los Angeles as well. So, yep, over five and a half here. And it's, yeah, Sean Walker, key uh, defenseman as well for the uh, LA Kings uh, out. You're right. He got injured the other night against the uh, St. Louis Blues. And that that's one of the guys they rely on in a shutdown role as well. Dowdy as well, banged up. So shorthanded on the blue line. It adds up to me to go over. Andrew Jets Kings. 
I'm on the Jets in regulation plus 155 here. Uh, this is a team that uh, I, I just, you know, I didn't like the number I was getting with them. I liked them as a dog here as, as, as a smaller play, but um, I want to get that better value and get that better price here. And I feel like they've gotten it together. Um, you know, not the best start to their season, strung together a few good wins. And I'm going to ignore the defensive lows and just put some credit towards the scoring. You know, Ehlers scores those two late goals. You know, he, he, he put that puck where grandma keeps the cookies, you know, and that's a tough goal to score. I'm not, and, and, you know, I've been talking about um, shooting percentage uh, quite a bit on the show today. Obviously that one, nine times out of 10, it's hard to hit that angle. But point being is just like in basketball, seeing the shot go in uh, the jets are starting to see the puck go in the net here. And uh, Comrie, you know what? I would like to have Hellebuck in here, obviously, but I think Comrie will step up in his opportunity and uh, get the win. And like Alex said, it's a good opportunity and a decent matchup even. Uh, up against quick. So I, I like the jets here. And um, I, I think the Kings, as much as they're going to be some bet on spots for them tonight's not the night here. Plus Plus one fifty five, Great number here. I think in regulation for the jets. All right. Winnipeg in regulation, uh, plus plus one fifty five, And we've talked about some teams that their offensive numbers are outperforming their expected goals. This is the reversal for LA. Uh, they actually should be probably scoring a few more goals than they have, uh, especially of late based on the numbers. So uh, this could be a night against a backup goalie for Winnipeg and uh, back home in front of uh, Staples, too, for the Kings to maybe get their offense on track a little bit. And I will not forget Jimmy Murphy this time. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think? Winnipeg, Los Angeles. Uh, just like you like to say, uh, Ian, Benny, Benny, you're the Jets. I can't do it as good as you, though. Give me the Jets on the puck line. There you go, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy. Puck line. For the extra value, we can get the uh, puck line for Winnipeg, minus one and a half, plus 230. Uh, very good price there. Jets puck line minus one and a half for Jimmy. All right. That is the Thursday uh, NHL card. Uh, we appreciate everybody joining us live on the show uh, as always. And those of you that are downloading the podcast version and listening, we appreciate it as well. Let's get to best bets to wrap up the show. Alex, we'll start with you. Best bet for Thursday. We'll go with the Coyotes and Lightning first period over and get that minus $1.15 or $1.20. Uh, Tampa Bay's heard everybody, including us, probably talking about how they've only scored one goal in the first period. They're getting off the slow starts. Well, they'll be able to, to rectify that situation tonight against Provetsov and the uh, struggling Arizona Coyotes. So I like that first period over. All right, there you go. Arizona, Tampa Bay, first period over, one and a half, uh, at minus 115 to minus 120 uh, in that range. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Andrew McGinnis, best bet. Give me the wild money line here. Kraken, I think they're overplaying uh, for what they're actually worth here, and I think it's a good spot for the wild. People are going to look down on them. COVID issues, people start raising hell, red flags everywhere. Let's settle down here. Wild are the better team. We'll show it tonight. All right, minus 110, Minnesota over Seattle. Best bet for Andrew McGinnis. Jimmy Murphy, best bet. Going to go right with what I just said there. The Jets on the puck line over the Kings. All right, Winnipeg, minus one and a half, plus 230 against Los Angeles. Best bet for uh, Jimmy Murphy. Uh, my best bet is going to be, I'm going to go with Vancouver, uh, minus 130, to minus 135 against Philadelphia. I think it makes sense. Uh, good off a home loss. They are. They don't want to lose two in a row to start the homestand. They were caught in that first spot off the long road trip. They didn't play their best. Now they catch Philly where the schedule's against them this time around. 
And how can we not go against our good friend Martin Jones? Just cannot resist. Vancouver minus 130 to minus 135 home favorites against Philly. We'll go with that for my best bet. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. We thank everybody for joining us live. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week. The only hockey betting show on the web that is seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Make sure you uh, download the podcast and all those different platforms if you can't watch live for alex b smith andrew mcginnis jimmy murphy i'm ian cameron have a great thursday night enjoy the games and good luck we'll talk to you again tomorrow on friday for another edition of the ice guys presented by the hockey podcast network